0: Welcome to AJHP Voices, now comprising
1: interviews on contemporary pharmacy issues and discussions with AJHP authors. The service was formerly known as AJHP Podcasts. AJHP is the official journal of ASHP. This is William Zelmer with AJHP Voices, speaking with two of the authors of a journal paper entitled Implementation of the Pharmacy Practice Model Initiative within Comprehensive Cancer Centers. With me is Dr. Morgan Smith, who at the time of the study was a pharmacy resident at Roswell Park Cancer Institute in Buffalo, New York. She is now outpatient hematology oncology specialist at Novant Health Presbyterian Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Also in the conversation is Dr. Evelyn Handel, who is Clinical Pharmacist Specialist at Roswell Park Cancer Institute. Morgan, your survey involved National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer centers. Explain, what are such centers?
0: Sure. So, the NCI designation signifies cancer research institutions in the United States supported by the National Cancer Institute. Two designations are recognized. There's the cancer centers and then there's comprehensive cancer centers. And as of 2013, there were 27 NCI cancer centers and 41 NCI designated comprehensive cancer centers. The primary difference between these two deals with the depth and the breadth of the research that they conduct. Whereas it is acceptable for an NCI designated cancer center to be solely a laboratory research center without much contact with patients or dealing with healthcare. This is not acceptable for comprehensive cancer centers as they must demonstrate expertise in a wider range of research areas, including laboratory, clinical, and behavioral health or population-based research. They're also expected to participate in the NCI's cooperative groups. And a final distinction between the two is that comprehensive cancer centers must also conduct outreach activities and provide education for both the community and their healthcare providers.
1: I see. Well, Evelyn, uh, do the standards for these centers include any requirements related to pharmacist qualifications or services?
2: Not currently that we are aware of. And actually, our study showed that the requirements for pharmacist qualifications can vary a lot based on institutional policies. We actually asked a question about this on the supplemental survey that we used in the study, but we then had to exclude the results due to the high variability in position descriptions. So many institutions that either didn't answer this survey question because of the ambiguity in interpreting each of the job titles, or there just wasn't a lot of uniformity in the responses. One of the examples was that one institution might have the same position title for all of their pharmacists. They may call them all clinical oncology pharmacists, Mm -hmm. whereas another institution might have clinical pharmacy specialists, decentralized pharmacists, and then also staff pharmacists. Right. So... As far as pharmacist qualifications, the institutions that did provide answers to the survey question reported a wide range of requirements. Some stated that just a PharmD or a BS was the only set requirement, and others included combinations of a PGY-1, PGY-2, or board certification. I think this highlights the opportunity for standardization of not only pharmacist qualifications, but also titles since there are now multiple roles and settings in which oncology pharmacists can practice.
1: Mm -hmm. Morgan, um, why did you feel it was important to survey comprehensive cancer centers with respect to pharmacy practice model change?
0: Well, there are two reasons that we chose to include specifically comprehensive cancer centers into this research project. NCI-designated comprehensive cancer centers are institutions that specialize in the management of oncology patients and also their designation grants them additional funding and support from the National Cancer Institute. Thus, these institutions are viewed as trailblazers in advancing oncology patient care, and it's important, therefore, that these institutions have some of the most top-notch pharmacy practice models that serve as examples for other hospitals and health systems treating cancer patients to follow or strive towards. We thought that the composite data would also be helpful to those institutions looking to make similar changes. And additionally, we wanted to contribute to increasing awareness and implementation of the pharmacy practice model initiative. And we hope that our study continues to help inspire improvements in pharmacist-driven patient care and outcomes in the oncology setting. Mm -hmm. Additionally, during my time at Roswell, we were looking to improve our own pharmacy practice model and were interested to see what kinds of changes had been made by other institutions considered similar to ours. This comparison helped us to determine our own strengths and weaknesses as a form of quality improvement, however they were not published.
1: Well, let's talk about the study specifically. Uh, Evelyn, could you comment on the methodology used for your survey?
2: Sure. The goal of our study overall, of course, was to assess the progress that cancer centers have made across the country in adopting the goals and the measures of the PPMI. So, in order to accomplish this and summarize this, we developed a two-part study, um, both of which were surveys, and we invited all 41 NCI-designated comprehensive cancer centers to participate. We sent out email requests to each center's director of pharmacy and their PGY2 oncology residency director. The first survey that institutions were asked to complete was the hospital self-assessment, or HSA for short, which is a survey that's administered by ASHP through the PPMI website. And this HSA can be taken by any institution at any time, and it allows them to determine how their pharmacy department aligns with the goals of the PPMI. And we were fortunate to collaborate with Carl Gumper from ASHP's section of pharmacy informatics and technology And he helped us administer the survey and collect the responses for this first part. And then also, he built in the second part, which was a 10-question supplemental survey that we developed. And this focused specifically on oncology pharmacy services. And we added this survey because the HSA is designed just to evaluate the pharmacy practice model across an entire facility without regard to specialty. And we also wanted to collect more data on the specifics of how comprehensive cancer centers are advancing oncology pharmacy services and chemotherapy dispensing practices.
1: Well, I guess we can talk about your study then in the context of the Pharmacy Practice Model Initiative. Uh, ASHP has organized its recommendations related to practice model change into five categories. Morgan, could you discuss selected survey findings in each of these categories that seem particularly interesting or important to you? So if we start with one of the categories pharmacist's roles, practices, and activities. Uh, What can you say about your findings in that area?
0: Overall, a vast majority of comprehensive cancer centers Survey have enhanced pharmacist roles and responsibilities in all ways suggested by the hospital self-assessment in at least some areas of the hospital, which is great. These roles include discharge counseling, medication therapy management, authority to order medications and lab tests, and also checking medication orders prior to the first dose. I think the most important finding of the study within that category is that incorporation of these advanced functions um, tended to occur most often in the inpatient setting as opposed to the outpatient setting at this time.
1: Interesting. There's a couple of other categories that ASHP has used to organize uh, recommendations, and let's just combine them for sake of your discussion, one dealing with pharmacy technician functions and another with uh, credentials and training of pharmacists and technicians, What did you find there?
0: In general, it's important to note that we still have a long way to go with advancing technician functions, which is interesting because the survey results indicated that most comprehensive cancer centers admit that they hire all or a majority of their technicians as PTCV certified. So it shows a little bit that we as pharmacists have still not quite given up some of those functions that have historically been our responsibility in order to free up more time for clinical activities. Another important point to consider is pharmacy state practice laws, which may impede the advanced utilization of pharmacy technicians. So this may be an area that could use more advocacy from our profession in order for continued growth. With our results indicating growth of residency-trained and board-certified pharmacists, it's promising that a shift towards more clinical usage of pharmacists would then lead to improved patient and medication-related outcomes.
1: What about uh, the category of utilization of automation and technology? Any interesting findings there?
0: Actually, the most interesting point, in my opinion, is that the utilization of smart infusion pumps in a closed-loop system is extremely lacking amongst these surveyed centers, despite them being comparatively advanced in the use of other forms of technology, such as BCMA, CPOE, and barcoded and automated dispensing. I think the key word, though, here is closed-loop system as I anticipate that many centers are actually using smart infusion pumps, but they may not necessarily feed back into the EMR. Unfortunately, oftentimes, all of the technology that's implemented in institution isn't really able to interface easily, and this can result in gaps in the flow of information and increased potential for errors to occur. Mm
1: -hmm. And the final uh, category ASHB uses is um, pharmacist leadership and accountability for medication use and medication-related patient outcomes. Very important collection of recommendations here for practice model change. What did you find among the comprehensive cancer centers?
0: In short, I think pharmacists being held accountable for medication and patient-related outcomes is of utmost importance for us in advancing or enhancing our profession. Less than half of surveyed institutions reported to utilizing mechanisms to hold their pharmacists accountable for these outcomes. So something that we as a whole haven't figured out how to do very well yet, and it's definitely an area for future improvement.
1: Evelyn, let me turn to you. Morgan said that one of the reasons uh, you decided to focus on comprehensive cancer centers in uh, the study is that there's reason to believe that such centers will be trailblazers in many areas of patient care, and I assume that would include pharmacy. And you explain in the paper why you did not attempt to compare the status of practice model change in these facilities with other hospitals that have completed the uh, ASHB hospital self-assessment. But I wonder, uh, do you have any impressions at all about the nature or level of pharmacy services in these cancer facilities compared with the averages for, let's say, large hospitals in sources such as the annual ASHP National Survey of Hospital Pharmacy?
2: That's actually a very good question and something I would love to see answered further. We did not look into this specifically just in order to limit the scope of the project. So at this point, our impressions about this comparison would really be just quite speculative. And I think it would be a difficult comparison to make because we chose to focus specifically on oncology pharmacy practice models and the annual ASHP national survey that you mentioned reports data on pharmacy practice models as a whole without regard to specialty. Uh, but like I said, it would be a very interesting comparison to look into further. Um, but at this time, I don't have a good grasp on what the actual differences would be.
1: Okay. Well, maybe something you'll uh, tackle in the future.
2: <laughs> sure. Ideas yeah. for future research.
1: Okay. Morgan, coming back to you, uh, you know, it's interesting that ASHP's pharmacy forecast surveys and, of course, other sources have predicted a shift from injectable cancer treatments to oral therapies. What implications do you see in that shift for pharmacists? And based on your survey, do pharmacists in comprehensive cancer centers seem to be on board with those implications?
0: In the future, the setting in which Cancer is treated, will definitely, as a result of this, switch even more so to the outpatient setting. Um, Pharmacists will have more responsibilities involving patient interactions, such as chemotherapy counseling, toxicity assessments, and review of prescriptions for oral chemotherapy for safety and accuracy. Just as comprehensive cancer centers, according to the hospital self assessment, tend to take on more advanced functions in the inpatient over outpatient setting amongst all services in the hospital. Our supplemental survey also indicated that institutions tend to have clinical pharmacists in the inpatient hematology, oncology, and BMT settings more so than their outpatient counterparts. However, I expect this to change in the future as a majority of surveyed centers, according to our supplemental survey, either have a pharmacist-run oral chemotherapy program in place or have one in development. These programs can include any one or more of the activities I previously mentioned. It's important to note that the um, outpatient dispensing of oral chemotherapy will also continue to climb since approximately a third of oncology agents in the pipeline are are currently oral agents. And with 50% of our comprehensive cancer centers that responded saying that they have a retail pharmacy on-site and within their facility, it'd be interesting to see in the future how many advanced pharmacist functions tend to move out into that setting. The findings of our survey definitely suggest that pharmacy is moving in a direction prepared to handle this shift in the management of cancer patients.
1: Well, and it sounds uh, from your response there that you're sort of optimistic too about oncology pharmacy uh, specialists uh, being increasingly engaged in ambulatory care clinics that are focused on oncology, which is uh, an important issue given ASHB's interest now in having expanded the uh, practice model initiative to include ambulatory care.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I even took myself uh, an outpatient ambulatory oncology position, and, you know, Novant um, has hired a few this year.
1: Evelyn, um, a a number of years ago, uh, there were widely reported errors in dosing antineoplastic medications, uh, some of which led to patient deaths, and that stimulated practice reforms in ordering, preparing, and administering those medications, including a larger role for pharmacists uh, in that process. Does this survey shed any light on the status of patient safety measures related to the use of oncology medicines?
0: Yes,
2: I believe so. Um, Although our study didn't specifically look at patient safety outcomes, I think we do have a few surrogate markers that we reported on that show that there is a continued focus on improving medication safety through technology. For example, by implementing CPOE and automated mixing systems for chemotherapy or even expanding pharmacist involvement in areas such as oral chemotherapy programs, like we mentioned. All of these were actually questions that we included in the supplemental survey that was sent out, and the results did show that many institutions are implementing these types of things. In addition, uh, the majority of hospitals reported significant clinical pharmacist deployment to especially inpatient oncology settings, like we've mentioned, as opposed to outpatient, as well as involvement in clinical activities such as drug therapy management um, and ordering serum medication concentrations. So I believe this sheds some light on the continued process for improvement in patient safety, and it would be very interesting to re-administer this same study in a few years to be able to see exactly what kind of progress has been made.
1: So yet another idea for some future research. Very good. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I'm curious. Um, You you both have um, mentioned... uh, and uh, alluded to some major challenges perhaps being faced by comprehensive cancer centers when it comes to uh, practice model reform in pharmacy. Are there any other challenges that you might like to discuss with respect to this before we conclude our conversation?
2: Sure, and I can start off. It's really exciting just overall to see the current status of oncology practice, where we've been and where we're heading So many forward-thinking changes have already been made or are in the process of being made. But there is definitely a lot of work to do, and our study did identify a number of challenges to pharmacy practice model reform. Um, And per the survey, the most commonly cited barrier to implementation of the PPMI was a lack of financial resources. And then the second most common reason was inadequate number of pharmacy personnel and difficulty in the implementation and use of technology. And relatively few institutions reported resistance from hospital leadership, pharmacists and pharmacy technicians, or limitations imposed by state pharmacy practice laws. So this is really encouraging because it suggests that pharmacy practice as a whole is ready for change and just needs the financial and workforce resources to do so. Mm -hmm. So I'm hopeful that the overall implementation of the PPMI will continue to increase and that we're able to find creative ways to make it happen. We have a healthcare mm-hmm. system that's increasingly emphasizing outcomes-driven patient care. So I think it's a prime opportunity for pharmacists in any setting, not just oncology, to expand their clinical involvement and really help advance the quality of care we provide to our patients.
1: So excellent timing, uh, need for really astute pharmacy practice leadership to uh, take advantage of the opportunities that are there and to marshal the resources to pursue them. Interesting. Morgan, anything to add?
0: Evelyn touched on a lot of the major points. However, I think it's important to um, consider that you know state pharmacy practice laws may still need to be refined and have more advocacy from our profession, as mentioned earlier, especially in helping to enhance those technician functions. And additionally, having our pharmacists continue to pursue enhanced credentials such as board of pharmacy specialty certifications and also residency training will be important for allowing our pharmacists to gain more access to these advanced pharmacist functions.
1: Well, uh, Dr. Morgan Smith, Dr. Evelyn Handel, uh, thank you very much for taking time to discuss uh, your important paper in AJHB. It's been a good conversation. Thank you. That concludes this interview. For more information about AJHP, please visit
2: www.ajhp.org.